You are listening to New Life the Fort. We pray that this season, you take possession of every good gift God has prepared for you. I'll turn to Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Verse 19. See, this is God speaking. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Let's pray. Father, we come before you with hearts humble, ready to receive. We set aside any, any form of any, any idea of pride or anything that is of us. We want all of you. And even as we peel the pages of your scripture, of your word, we long to see not religion, not do's and don'ts, but we long to see a revelation, a fresh revelation of the very person of Jesus Christ because we long for a relationship with you. And I pray that even as we behold him, all the other concerns in our lives will be taken care of. For you're the one who said, you will perfect that which concerns us. Let it be done this afternoon in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and hallelujah. Who among you likes new things? New stuff. The, well, of course, Christmas is coming. There will be heaps of gifts coming your way. Praise the Lord. And uh, we don't want them, you know, we want new things. We like new things. And... Uh, before we even get to the new things, God is reminding us not to get stuck with the old. And what is He saying in His Word? Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Let's look at those things first this afternoon. Forget the former things. In fact, the word that is used there is the word zakar in Hebrew. It means not to remember. Don't call it to mind. Don't make a memorial out of it. Don't even mention it. Now, I know that there are certain things that has happened in our lives that's hard to forget. Is that true? It's just hard to forget. But I like the word, in fact, in the, we're reading in the NIV. In the New King James, it would say, do not remember. I believe there's a difference between forget and do not remember. There are certain things in our lives that you just, you know, you can't forget them. But it's different when you try to remember them. Even those, that word alone, remember. Two words, re and member. Re is to go back. But member means it's a part of you. Meaning, don't make it, don't go back and make it a part of you all over again. That's what it's saying. And sometimes when we try to recall certain things that happen in our lives, whether it's good, whether it's bad, there's certain emotions that, that, that come up right away, right? Maybe you, maybe, maybe it's a sad emotion, maybe it's a happy emotion, maybe you get angry, maybe you're bitter at someone. And every time you see that person, you remember what they've done, and right away you're angry. Has that ever happened to you? You remember that? I'm glad that you guys are honest. It's not just me. What happens, in fact, the body itself creates or releases like chemicals in your bodies, in your body, that right away, the, it, it feels like you're going back to the same moment that that event happened and you feel exactly the same way. This is what happens when you try to remember. And the scripture here is saying, do not remember. You may not, forget, you may not be able to forget it, but you don't have to make it a part of you all over again. You know, uh, one time when I was, uh, you know, started to learn about uh, how the kingdom of God operates and the things uh, that God wants us to learn, um, oftentimes the way the enemy tries to take you out of, your, of the path that God wants you is that he will what we call a flip chart, okay? He will try to make you remember the things that you have done. Remember this? You did this. 
Pag walang reaction, ah, talaga, ito, ito, ito. Naalala mo ito, aha, ayan, ginawa mo yan. Nako. I remember that day, you were so bad. And you know what? You don't have to give in to what he has to say. Do you know that you don't have to relate to the devil? It doesn't have, it, it shouldn't be between you and the devil. Regardless if you did something wrong or, or, or right. It's always between you and the Father. Don't, don't give Him room to wiggle into your life. And when He tries to show you things that you've done in the past, you know what we have? Deadma. You don't have to respond to it. You can simply say, Jesus paid for it. It's under the blood. It's between me and the Father. And He loves me. He loves Christ. I'm in Him. He is perfect. I have been made perfect. Uh, it's the Bible says, forget the former things. In fact, the next line says, do not dwell in the past. Do not dwell in the past. Now, if I ask you, um, excuse me, where do you dwell? What am I asking? Where do I live? Do not dwell on the past. Dwell means to live, to reside, to make your permanent home. Do not dwell. Uh, Pastor Mitch earlier made a very interesting point. It didn't say do not dwell in the past. It says do not dwell on the past. The truth is you cannot dwell in the past because you cannot physically do that. It is impossible outside of having a time machine to go back in the past and relive everything. But you can dwell on the past, standing on it, remembering it as if you're there again and bringing up all these emotions and all these reactions. That's how people dwell on the past. And the scripture is saying, don't make that your home. You cannot move forward if you're stuck in the past. In order, who among you know that God has a wonderful destination, wonderful future for you? And don't we all know that the Bible says, uh, God was saying to all of us that He has a wonderful, He says it in Jeremiah 29, 11, that I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper. Anybody like to prosper? So God is thinking about you and it's thinking prosperity over you. And prosperity is the word shalom. It's not just you being rich, but complete, nothing missing, nothing broken in your life. It says to prosper you and not to harm you. Who would like to know what that future is? There you go. And so in order for you to get there, do you know where you have to start? In order... For you to get to where you're going, you have to start where you are. Ano ibig sabihin nun? Ewan ko, it just sounds nice. There's no other way for you to get to where you're going, whether where you are right now, whether it's good or whether it's bad, whether it can be bad, whether it's just okay. That's where you're at right now. But you don't have to get stuck where you are. God has a wonderful future for you. A lot of people, they can't move forward because they're stuck in the past. Or they can't move forward because they don't have what they want yet in the future. Oh, if I only have this and this and this and that, then I can move forward. But that can, that can last forever. You don't know when that's going to happen. It's conditional. Or some people, oh, if I had all the things I had before, then my life would be better. It will, go move, it will move forward. But there's no other choice but to start where you are. I pray that we do not dwell on the past. Yesterday, I made an example, um, which I'd like to show you guys again. I'd like to call uh, and uh, I'd like to nominate Teddy. Teddy, come over here. Teddy, get set, go. His name is Teddy. Single pusha. Wala lang. Wala. I'm just throwing it out there. Single ba? Oy, oy. <laughs> On the spot. Okay. Wow. Let's <laughs> up tayo mamaya. Um, 
I want you to count how many steps he'll get from this end to that end. Ready? Just normal steps. Ready? One, two, three, go. One, two, three, four, five, six steps. The number of man. Okay, can you go back here? Because you did that so well. I think you did it better than Charlie and James. You walk so well. Okay? I think if there's anybody who can do this, you can do this. I think. I could be wrong. I want you to get there, but get there in six steps. But make sure you don't lift your left foot. Okay? Let your left foot stay where it is, but I want you to get there. I think you can do it. Do you think you can do it? Yeah. See? They're confident. Ready? Okay. The instruction is, I, we want you to get there, but do not, do not let your foot leave this place, this left foot. Are you ready? Even if you're not ready, go. One. <laughs> go. Two. Second step. Wow. Wow. Cha-cha. Sige, sabayan kita. Three. Four. But a lot of people live this way. They want, they, they want the future of God, but they don't want to let go of the things that have happened in the past. Whether it's good. I didn't say to stop trying. You, you can continue trying. Now go ahead. Thank you, brother. Now we laugh at that and we, we think it's silly. But how many people in the How many people I think in this room may have certain areas in their life that, that stuck? But they say, I want, I want what God has for me, but I don't want to let it go. Well, follow what the Frozen movie is saying. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Right? Now, we can understand letting go of some of the hurtful, some of the really, really bad events that happen in our lives. And we, we want to just, if we can try even to forget it. But sometimes what gets us stuck is not even just the bad things, but we think that the best days that we've had are all in the past. They call it the glory days. Now, um, several times when I was growing up, I've heard this from uh, people that are older than me. I didn't really understood what they were saying, sort of. But now if you think about it, in light of what we're learning in Scripture, it actually sounds silly. And they would say it this way, Papunta ka pa lang, pabalik na ako. It sounds wise. Iho, papunta ka pa lang, pabalik na ako. You're just on your way, and I'm on my way back. See, that's the problem. Why are you going back? As a young man, I want to get wiser, I want to get better, I want to have better decisions. I'm on my way. But the older man is saying, Papunta ka palang pabalik na ako. I want to make stupid decisions. I don't want to be wise. I wa is that what they mean? Maybe not. But the truth is, the Bible is saying, the path of the just, anybody, you're the just, you are righteous in Christ, then you're the just. Your path is like the path of the sun that shines ever brighter unto a perfect day. It never says that it will ever set. Your path is just getting brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. That is our path. That's why we have all, all eternity to discover what this path is. This, this place here, this is not everything. What God has for us is far more glorious than what we have right now. And whatever your situation is, it may be bad, it's going to get better. And sometimes we just need to let go of those bad things that we think, you know, uh, keeps our emotions going. Or even letting go of the good so that we can get a hold of what God has for us. The better things God has in store for us. In fact, if we read this scripture... In the voice translation, Isaiah 43, verse 18, what would it say? Do not revel only in the past 
or spend all your time recounting the victories of days gone by. You know what they would say? They would say, oh, those were my glory days. Those were my glory days. Those were my best days. I believe we need to just adjust the way we think because you haven't seen the best days that God has for you yet. Amen? Praise the Lord. In fact, if you think about it, this instruction of forgetting the former things, or we can say not looking back, is something that is spoken of in the Scripture time and time again. The first time you will see this instruction is with, uh, I don't know if you remember the character Lot in Scripture. Lot, the, the nephew of uh, Abraham. And uh, Abraham separated with Lot. Well, Lot went to another place. And he settled in the, in the place where, uh, where Sodom and Gomorrah is. And of course, we know that Sodom and Gomorrah is about to, have judge, to be judged by God. It was about to be destroyed. And angels were sent to warn Lot that they have to leave. And we find that in the scripture, Genesis chapter 19, verse 15. At dawn the next morning, the angels became insistent. Hurry, they said to Lot. Take your wife, your two daughters who are here. Get out right now or you'll be swept away in the destruction of the city. And of course, Lot kind of hesitated. The angel seized his hand and the hands of his wife and two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city for the Lord was merciful. And then the angel gave instruction. What is the instruction? Go to the next verse, verse 17. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, run for your lives. Don't look back. Somebody say, don't look back. Or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. At this point, um, Lot kind of uh, argued that that the mountain's too far away. Can we instead settle in that little village over there? Protect that village. Otherwise, we won't make it. And the angel agreed. But his instruction was very clear. He said, don't look back or stop anywhere. Now, I don't know if you've been told before, what did you do? Bakit? Right? There's something about tell, somebody telling you don't do it that encourages you, makes you curious, why? Even as little kids, you know, don't put your hand in the socket. And kids would like to, why? And that's exactly what happened. Can you go to the, to the verse, I believe 25. And this is what happened to the wife. He utterly destroyed them. God destroyed the, the, uh, the, the city, Sodom and Gomorrah, along with the other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people and every bit of vegetation. Verse 26, But Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him, and she turned into a pillar of salt. God was just saying, this, don't look back to your past. What God has for you is salvation. Don't look back. Your future is far better than your past. Again, we see it in the, in, uh, even in the time of Jesus. He was encouraging when he was calling out disciples. I don't know if you remember when he called, uh, when he, he would call people, he would say, follow me. You remember this? Uh, all the disciples that he called, the 12 disciples that he chose. In fact, if you think about it, he didn't tell everybody to follow him. Because his idea, he's not, he, he's not there uh, to be uh, the Jewish idol or whatever. You know, the people voting so that oh, you're the most popular person in Judea. It's, that was not his purpose. He selected certain people that he wanted to follow him so that he can fulfill his purpose. In fact, there were certain people that wanted to follow him and he gave distinct instruction not to follow him. There's a guy in, uh, I think, Gennesaret that um, he was crazy. He was, he was possessed by demons and he got healed and he wanted to follow Jesus, obviously, because he's the guy who healed him. And Jesus said, no, go back to your city, go back to Decapolis and t tell them what has happened to you. 
So Jesus did not tell everybody to follow him, but there were certain people he said to follow him. Um, if you remember the young rich ruler who went to Jesus, Jesus, what can I do to attain, to reach the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus said, oh, you should do this, do this, uh, referring to the law. And the guy said, well, I've done all of that. Maybe he was hoping that, yeah, you've done it. Congratulations. You're perfect and I'm perfect. We can all be crucified or whatever. I don't know. And Jesus said, there's, thing, there's one more thing. You have to sell everything that you have because he was rich and then follow me. So this guy actually was being invited by Jesus to follow him. But then he left sad because he was very rich. And then it's so opposite Peter, Andrew, James, and John because Jesus just said, came up to them said, follow me. And right away, they dropped what they were doing. They dropped their nets, their boats, their father, and started following him. I don't know the first time God reached out to you and called you. Did we respond right away? Think about that. But God is asking us to follow Him and not look back. There are certain people that He really rebuked because they had excuses, which a lot of people have excuses. There's this instance here in Luke. Luke chapter 9, verse 59 to 62 in the Message Bible. When Jesus was asking certain people to follow Him, Jesus said to another, follow me. And He said, certainly positive but first excuse me for a couple of days somebody say excuses now what it appears here is that it's actually a val valid reason what does he say i have to make arrangements for my father's funeral and god what did jesus say to him jesus refused no can you imagine this this scene um I, I want to follow you, Jesus, because my father died. Let me, just, let me just fix that. And Jesus said, no. How do you respond to that? I, I think, you know, uh, if you just look at it, it, it feels like it's mean or whatever. But I think the guy was just making excuses. First things first, your business is life. Let me tell you, new life, the fort. Your business is life. Your business is life. If you trust what he's telling you, you'll find out that what you're concerned about, he will take care of anyway. He will not allow anyone that he loves to have all these different concerns running around and forgetting what life is all about. And our life is rooted in Christ. Can you imagine if we are all about him, all that is him will be about you. Amen. And life is urgent. Announce God's kingdom. The next one goes up to him says, Another said, I'm ready to follow you. I will follow you. <laughs> Master. <laughs> but first, excuse me while I get things straightened out at home. Same thing. It's another excuse. I want to follow you. In fact, this sounds very familiar to me. When I was a, a new Christian, a friend of mine found out that I, you know, I gave my life to Christ. I'm a Christian now, although I didn't, I wasn't really, you know, spreading the word around. I, I was, I knew I needed Jesus to to save me. I didn't know what it meant to be Christian. I was new, and so this guy comes up, and you know, he was trying to have a conversation with me, and he said, "Oh, I heard that you're a, you're a Christian now." I go, oh, "Yes." I didn't answer after that. Oh, you know, my, 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 my uncle, uh, an uncle of mine uh, works in that place that you're working. They're both Christian. Uh, he's a Christian also. said, okay. You know what? He <laughs> said, someday I'll also become a Christian. And I'm going, someday. But he said, I just, just want to experience a few more things before I, give, I become one. And I go, okay, and then we parted ways. I remember that conversation because it was weird. And I'm thinking, does he think that God is a killjoy 
He doesn't want him to enjoy certain things in life and then later on, okay, now, Lord, I've experienced, you know, whatever, so now I give my life to you. Those are excuses. If we realize who he is, we won't hesitate. If we realize, if the, if the real Jesus is just unveiled, you realize he's irresistible. See, a lot of people, when they, when they unpack Jesus, they're really unpacking religion. And that's why religion is resistible. But Jesus, if you really know who he is, his love for us is unconditional. Right? And so we do not delay. And when we follow him, we're not stuck in the past. We don't look back. Tell somebody again, don't look back. Even, even in Philippians chapter 3, this is Paul. So we looked at the Old Testament. The Old Testament is saying, don't look back. Jesus, while he was ministering on earth, he's saying, don't look back. Even after Jesus rose from the dead and rose to heaven, Paul now ministering to people, he's saying, don't look back. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 2, uh, 12 to 14. Hmm. Somebody here is going to get it. I believe eyes are being opened. I, I don't have to get stuck there. It has no hold on you. In Jesus' name, I rebuke. I cut off whatever is holding you from moving forward. It has nothing on you. In Jesus' name, it is cut off. Whatever that is. Whatever that is. And Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. Arguably the most hardworking um, apostle during that time is Paul. And what is he saying? I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess. Somebody says possess. Possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. We're talking about 2017, the season of possession. And I pray that we don't allow 2017 to go by without possessing. We need to contend for what God has spoken about the year of possession that this year will end with you possessing something because He promised it. We need to fight for it. We need to contend for that. And how do we contend? Believe. Continue to focus on Him. You don't have to work and be busy and doing all of that. It's just focusing and standing on what He has said. And believe me, you will see it come to pass even before the end of the year. Forgetting the past, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. See, the focus is one thing. It's not focused in so many things. Focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Don't look back. Forgetting the past. And what does he do? I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Oh, there's something greater for, for God. Uh, God has in store for you. Something better, something greater, something that is beyond your imagination. I asked a while ago, who among you likes new things? We like new things, right? In fact, God wants us to be expectant of new things. Like, for example, I'll give you an example. Um... It's already November, and uh, just a few weeks now, but New Year is knocking on our doors. Think about that, New Year. Anybody enjoy the, the you know, the... the Holiday seasons, Christmas, New Year, all of that. Anybody enjoy that? I like, I like that season, right? Oddly enough, I'm not hearing enough Christmas songs. I'm kind of feeling sad in the mall. Anyway, that's just me. Um, think about how we, how, how we celebrate the New Year. The New Year, when it's something new, I mean, you can't touch New Year, but everybody is expectant of the new Everybody celebrates the new. Everybody looks forward to the new. Everyone prepares for the new. Everyone gathers for the new. Everyone, they have a feast 
to welcome the new. There's certain things that we do to celebrate the new, right? Now, is that a wonderful thing that we can, we can, some people, they have New Year's resolution, right? Because their past solution was not a solution. So they have to resolution, right? But it's a good practice for us in receiving new things. In fact, I think what, what the Bible says, because the, the Bible did not say, this is the year that the Lord has made. You know what he said? This is the day that the Lord has made. Because I believe he knows and understands how man thinks. But man cannot take things a year at a time. But man can take one day at a time. This is the day. So if we're celebrating a new year, we can be as expectant. We can be as you know, welcoming. We can look forward to a brand new day. The Bible says, we will rejoice and be glad in it. I think we can practice receiving the new by receiving the brand new day God has in store for us. From the moment you open your eyes. Hindi yung tipong pagising mo, Monday na naman mo isip. No. Celebrate. Thank you, Lord. I get to go to work. Thank you, Lord. I wake up with a beautiful woman by my side in Pastora Mitch. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. My daughter is kicking me, but I am enjoying it. <laughs> Daddy. Right? Praise the Lord. It's a brand new day. Every day is something that is... The Bible says this. So there's a brand new day every day. And the, and the Bible says, God gives us daily loads of benefits. Woo! That's a powerful combo. Amen? In fact, Jesus says this about, you know, expanding your, overextending yourself to tomorrow. Just live for today. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, what does it say? The voice translation would say, Do not worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Living faithfully is a large enough task for today. You have enough in your hands for today. Just live fully today. If you live fully today, you will be well rehearsed to live fully tomorrow again. Amen? That's why it says there, the next line says, See, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. Before the new thing, He's encouraging us, He's commanding us to see. See it. You know, God wants you to see what He's prepared for you. How do you see? We are not of the world. We are in the world, but we are not of it. But how do believers live? We live by faith and not by sight. So we are not limited and we are not dictated by what we're seeing here, but what we have in our believing, in our spirit. And the Bible says, that the Holy Spirit has come that He might show you or declare or tell you things to come. In other words, we all want to see the future. Guess what? The Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you the future. Wants to reveal. You may not, He may not reveal everything, but He will reveal something so that you can take another step. Because you and I, we want to know all the steps. Tell me how to get there. The tendency is you'll try to get there on your own. But the journey that we have is a journey together with Him. He wants us to trust Him for every step of the way. Amen? So, He wants us to see by faith what He is doing. In fact, let me encourage you. I don't know, maybe God has already shown you something. And do not find yourself to be the one trying to make what you saw happen because when he was talking to jeremiah he asked the same thing jeremiah chapter one moreover the word of the lord came to me saying jeremiah what do you see because god showed him something 
and God asked, what do you see? And it's okay to respond. And Jeremiah responded, I see a branch of an almond tree. And what does God say? Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well. So God will show you something. You will confirm it. He will say, that's good. And what does he say next? I am ready to perform my word. You don't perform it. He does. What you do is see what he's showing you. Agree to it. Say amen. Respond. And then he will say, get ready because I will perform it. I don't know what you've been waiting for. I don't know. Maybe you've been running on trying to perform what you have seen. Guess what? Time to take a break. Take a Kit Kat. Chill. Whatever you need to take. Relax and watch him do it. Because he is ready to perform his word. There will be a fulfillment of the things that have been spoken to you. There, have been, there will be a performance. There will be a fulfillment of things that have been spoken to you. We like new things. In fact, um, I was sharing with uh, earlier services that I used to, who among you like the smell of new things, like a new car? Enter a new car. It's smell of the new car, right? Or you enter a house, it's, you know, maybe it's just newly painted, but it's yours, right? Fully paid. That's the best part. And you can enjoy it, not have to worry. And it's new and it's shiny and it's still in the box and it's beautiful. You know, I, I used to like, I still like, but not like before. I used to save money. I used to starve myself just so that I can buy a brand new pair of Italian shoes, leather. Because I like the smell of a brand new leather shoe. In fact, I get so, there's something wrong with me, I'm sure, before. Because uh, I would buy it and then I, I don't want it to touch the floor. Bago, magasgas. So there would be times that I would, I would just stare at it and say, wow, it's so nice. I would let it sit on my bed and one time I fell asleep with my pair of shoes. Literally, I was like, wow, there's... I need, I need a doctor. <laughs> I need help. Right? In fact, some people may not be as weird as me, but they're also weird. They would buy maybe a sofa and never remove the plastic. Mm. Right? And you will make sure, do whatever, but don't remove the plastic. Ten years down the line, naka-plastic pa. Even if it's just scotch tape covering it. But don't, because we like the idea of new. But also, if you think about it, new things can also be a little bit daunting. Because the new can be unknown, mysterious, uncomfortable. It needs a lot of adjustment. You need to learn. You, get to need, you need to get used to that unknown thing to that which is new so some people yes they may be excited something new but also i'm kind of and, and people people some people hopefully not here they are willing to go back to that which is familiar even if it's not so good even if it's a little bit of suffering than going to proceed towards the unknown new thing regardless of how promising it is. Some people would rather stay in the old, in the former things, even if it's not the right thing. Sometimes, even if it's a bad thing, because you've gotten used to it, you don't want to step out. And God is calling you to step out. Uh, I was on my way here earlier, dropped the kids at home. And some people I just have in my spirit that there will be new territories that you need to step into. Do not be afraid to step into new territories. Maybe you'll be promoted. Maybe you feel you're not qualified. But step into that. Maybe it's a different job. 
Maybe you've been stuck for, in that job for a long time and it, you need to step out in that company. Maybe it's a new career altogether. Maybe it's a new business. Maybe it's a different business partner. But God is expanding and giving you new territories. We just need to step out into that. Do you know God showed up to Abraham? And then Abraham, who was living in Mesopotamia, God spoke to him. God said, leave your country, leave your family, and I'm going to bring you to a land that I will show you. Now, if that's you and me, we will go, where, Lord? What place? But God didn't say where. He just said, step out and I'll show you one step at a time. And sometimes that's where we go, sure. It's just, it's unknown. But see, it's not about the destination. A lot of people think about, oh, the destination, give me the final thing. No. If you know who's bringing you, He is trustworthy, He will provide, He will protect. It's about who's bringing you, not where you're going. We, will, we were singing a while ago, he will do, you will do it again. You will do it again. And, and we get so stuck with again. That thing that he did before. I want the again. It's not the again that's important. It's the who will do it. Because he may do it again, but not the same way. And we get stuck to the old things that have happened before. And we're looking for exactly the same thing. Yes, he may do it again, but not the same way you're expecting. But guess what? It's the who was doing it and he who's doing it is faithful and true amen so it's time to step out step into that new thing there, there were the the children of israel they got to a place because god took them took them out of egypt right god saved them wonderful awesome even um uh, miracles that would just shock people the, is, uh, the Egyptians were like defeated so many times. And God showed up big time and, and saved the people of Israel out of, the, uh, out of bondage from Egypt. And they left and they went to the, to the wilderness. And in the wilderness, God took care of them. Fed them. Uh, made sure they had drink. They made sure they had meat. Made sure that they were taken care of. Their, their, their clothes didn't wear out. So even in the midst of being in the wilderness, God was taking care of them. No enemies were able to defeat them and stuff. But guess what? Human nature still found way to complain about their situation. And so they got tired of what they were eating, their, their circumstance, their, their routines that they were, they were having on a daily basis in the wilderness. And what did they say? Can you go to Numbers chapter 11? Remember, God was feeding them manna. God was feeding, giving them drink and whatever. And, and they got kind of sick and tired of what they were eating. And so they started to reminisce how it was like in Egypt. And they said, oh, we remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. Yung tuyo, ay, sarap ng lechon, yung chicharon, la. Wow! You know what they um, conveniently forgot? They were slaves. They were willing to go back to being a slave as long as they can eat all these things. And they said, but now our whole being is dried up. I'm dying. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. So they despised what God was giving them. Manna is bread from heaven. It's not a surprise that when the real bread from heaven came down, which is Jesus, they also despised him. Right? And that was not all. That's not the first time they complained. That's not the last time they complained. They complained again when, when Moses sent spies. Ten of them came back. Well, all, all of them came back. Two of them said, we can do it. The other guy said, everything that God said about the land is true, except... Giants are living there. We're not going to be able to conquer it. We're going to die. And so they complained. And you go to um, Numbers chapter 14. What do they say? Here's what they said. 
So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. Next verse. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said of them, If only we had died in Egypt. If only we had died in this wilderness. So they were wishing that they were dead. Wow. Interesting. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? And how long were they slaves in Egypt? 400 years. Slave. And they said, it's better that we were slaves in Egypt than go and step out into this unknown promised land where giants dwell. And they forgot who was bringing them, who equipped them, who, is, uh, who, who saved them from Egypt. They easily forgot that because they think they will be the one to perform which was shown them. So they said to one another, another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Don't look back. Forget the former things. Step into that which may be unknown, but it is far better than your thinking. God has something new and wonderful for all of us. Amen? And I believe a lot of people, anybody expecting, anybody expecting now for the new things God has for you? It's so easy to miss the new thing because what we're expecting is simply the next thing. Don't get stuck with expecting the next thing and miss the new thing that God has for you. And the new thing is not somewhere five years from now, 20 years from now, but the new thing is about to spring up. It's closer than you think. What does the Bible say? Now it springs up. When is the new thing coming? Now it springs up. Somebody say now. Don't get stuck with next. Expect the new that is now springing up. It's about to bud. That word springing up, it's budding. It's about to, it's about to jump out. It's growing. It's sprouting. It's coming forth. It may not be the whole thing or complete thing, but you see that what has been planted way before, you're beginning to see it blossom. Amen? Don't give up. Now is not the time to give up. Now is not the time to say, I'm going back to Egypt. No, it's springing up. You need to perceive it. You need to see it. You may need to change the way you're seeing things so that you may be able to perceive what God is showing you. See I am doing a new thing. And when you see it, you agree, you say amen, and guess what? He is ready to perform His Word. Amen? Hallelujah. The last few things I want to share with you. There, there's this practice as we end. Can we have the... There's this practice that they do in Israel. And you've seen Jesus do this. Speaking about forgetting the past. They have this practice of washing feet. <laughs> washing feet. musical, ice Bob. Light and easy lang tayo. Relax, relax lang. You know, they have, they, they have this thing that they, they wash feet. In fact, this is not the you know, we remember Jesus washing the feet of the disciples, but even before that, there was a woman that washed uh, the feet of Jesus. And he actually rebuked one of the Pharisees. He said, I came to your house. You didn't even offer water so that I can wash my feet. You know, the, the idea of washing feet, because what they, they didn't wear shoes like we do. They like to walk around the house bare, uh, barefooted. And uh, they walk around with sandals, if they have sandals even. And so they would go to places and they would walk far. Some would travel from one place to the next for three days or so. Praise God, we can travel quickly now. But they would get so dirty with their feet. And when they would eat, it's not like the table that we have now that it's high. Their table was low. So they're really close to their feet when they're eating. 
So it's important for them to wash their feet. The thing is, the feet is the, what you use for journeying, for traveling, to get from here to there. But what happens is that our feet get so dirty, the mud, the dust, and all the things that, that has, has uh, is stuck with us. All the debris and all the, the residue of our journey in the past clings to our present situation. And what God does in Christ Jesus is He washes your feet and says, where you are right now, whatever happened before, no residue, no particle, no trace of where you've been can be where you are. I am washing your feet because where you're headed is a holy place. It's a more prosperous place. Where you're headed is a place and a house that I prepared for you. I beckon you to come. But allow Him to wash your feet. It's a humbling thing to to allow somebody to wash your feet and especially the one who created you but it's not really the feet that he's after he's really after washing you and what he did on the cross is he washed you clean with his own blood if you give your life to him you will have not just a new beginning but new everything a new life is available for you I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads. If there's anybody here, you want that new life. You want that new beginning. You want to be totally restored to His original plan. It's not about you trying to perform for Him. But look at what He has done on the cross. He finished the work. If you do not have Jesus in your life. This is a perfect opportunity. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to count to three. If God is, I believe, moving in your heart and telling you this is the moment, seize the day. Take this opportunity. I want you to lift your hands when you hear me say three. One, two, three. Who among you would like to receive this brand new life in Christ Jesus. I see a hand being lifted up at the back as well. Come on, lift your hand. Don't be afraid. This is not between you and me. This is between you and God Himself. So anybody else? I know I can see some hands being lifted up. Praise the Lord. I see there's another guy. You've been through a lot of things. You've been through a lot of failures and people think you're a failure but you know God is giving you this opportunity. Raise your hand if that's you. Anybody? Hallelujah. Maybe you're downstairs as well. If you lifted up your hands, I want you to pray this prayer from your heart. In fact, I'm going to ask everybody just to support you and pray with you. Say this with me if you raised your hand. Jesus, I thank you for your life. I thank you for your sacrifice. And more than anything else, I thank you that you shed your blood for me. Washing me clean of every trace of sin, of sin and wrongdoing in my life. Wrongdoing. Starting today, Starting today I, have a brand new start. I have a brand new start. I have new life. I have new life. In Jesus' name, Jesus name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com. Thank you.